poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, my friends, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Jonathan Chai. How are you doing, sir? Good. It's Halloween. It is Halloween. It is Halloween. Are, are you dressed up? Could, would you like to describe your outfit for the podcast listener right now? It's quite compelling. The bad reg costume. Mm, the bad reg costume, complete with a CPG hat. So I don't, <laughs> the most important part. <laughs> How else would they know? <laughs> no. Um, CPGmerch.com, in, in case you too would like to look like John. Uh, nah, so. It is Halloween. Do we have a, any, any spooky theme for today's show? Anything spooktacular? Fortunately, no. Fortunately, no. We wow. tried, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be purely educational. Yeah. So Halloween, no like I, I don't know how often Halloween ends on a Tuesday, um, but this is probably like a once out of every two hundred and thirty-one year event, and we're just blowing it. We'll have other holidays. We'll have other holidays. It's probably one out of seven, too, by the way. Two hundred. Two hundred. That seems like, yeah. Um, I don't know how many days are in your week, but. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's. What is the theme then? Is there a theme? Yeah, it's going to be river sizing in three dot pots. It's going to be a mix of bluffing opportunities, uh, value bet opportunity. Um, All these (laughs) hands happen to be played. Uh, when I'm in the cutoff as well, so another loose theme there. But um, real question here for me in all these hands is going to be, what size should I be thinking about using on the river? All right, sizing questions here on Halloween. Let's see what goes down. Hand number one. Uh, I think we're going to have four two by the way. So two and two. Well, tactical. You know, Tuesday with with the W before the break and then after the break. So. You open the cut with queen jack of diamonds. You get three bet by the button. Um, yeah, I think this can be played a few ways. You, you can you can four bet, you can flat. Uh, folding is pretty much off the table. So let's see what you choose. You flat. And so here we go to the flop. Um, there's $82 in the pot. Uh, the button is the effective stack. They've got 452. Um, flop is 10-8-4 with the 10-8 of heart. So you have a gut shot with overcards and you check and villain bets half pot. And now here we are. Uh, maybe like a little bit of a question here in terms of like how to continue. I think it's sort of similar to pre-flop where you could put in another aggressive bet with a check raise here. You can go with a check call, two overs and nut gutter. Definitely going to be enough equity to... Um, check call facing half pot. And again, it seems like folding is the only option that's off the table. Yeah. I presume you just call because it's the most natural option, I think. Turn is to five of spades. Um, there's 171 in the pot. 
villain has 407. I imagine you're going to check the turn. I do think they're probably like some donkable turn cards, maybe a seven, six. Um, villain checks behind. River pairs the 10. And now you have another decision point. Um, to bet or not to bet the river? That is the question. Yeah, I think maybe we should probably go back to the turn and just think about like what does it mean once the once the PFR C bets the flop half pot and then checks back the turn. How what kind of range can we start assigning them and then maybe that helps us uh, um, kind of figure out what size to use on the river to target whatever their check back range is here. But I don't know. Do you have any strong feelings about like what what this range looks um... like? Um, I do. <laughs> well. Your your feelings are going to be stronger than mine. I, I imagine that you know it's going to be something like top pair weak kicker, um, jack ten queen ten maybe nine ten type hands that big bet the flop and then check back. Um, and then the other side of the coin, maybe a hand like five six uh, that turns a pair with a gut shot. Um, and then also you know probably their their own queen jacks, their own maybe like jack nines their own like club club type hands at big bet the flop and don't turn a club and decide to to kind of pack it in so I, like that that would be kind of the the range makeup that i would expect would be some backdoor flush draws that bet the flop and then shut it down um maybe hand like ace five of clubs might make some sense uh and then some top pair weak kickers that plan on like betting big checking back and then deciding jack 10 queen 10 and then yeah, that that that's pretty much the the range that I would imagine. So some some strong bluff catchers and then some hands that are not very good. Gotcha. So fast forward to the river real quick. So then if that's like I, I agree with that range analysis on the turn. So I think like here on the river, their range is now weak trips, like the Jack Tens. Um, and they still have like the five X's, the ace five of hearts, the five six. The five sixes, the ace five of clubs, um, mm -hmm. those types of hands, and then, like you said, there's there's that like bottom portion of their range that just decided to take a stab on the flop and then give up on the turn, whatever hands they that they decided to put into that range. Um, when you after you've like decided like, hey, those are like the three buckets of of hands that they have. How do you decide like which bucket to target with the bluff? I think the top end bucket is pretty easy. We just never get to fold out the jack ten, the jack ten plus range. Um, so there's no no real point in even thinking about holding out that range the next category of hands is going to be like the 5x range um how do you decide like hey like i should try to target the 5x range and all the hands worse than that um or maybe i should just target the hands that are worse than the 5x um yeah i mean i i'm on this run out i'm not sure that like to target 5x feels like you would need to make a fairly sizable investment one that would offer diminishing returns for such a narrow target. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me, I think I'm tempted to go a third, but I'm also tempted to go half. I'm a little nervous about getting called by ace high going a third. And that's that, that would be like why I would, I would go half, but yeah, I, I think half, half, is probably the size that I would eventually land on, but uh, I don't mind a third either. Um, to to so fold somewhere, out there like ace high, king high type type. Yeah. Hands. So like like the first part of that analysis is just like there just isn't enough five x or like their five x region isn't big enough to be worth targeting, especially considering the size of the bet that we would need to 
to fold out their 5x anyways. And so like we need a big size to fold out their 5x. There isn't a lot of 5x anyway. So those things together mean that we're probably not going to target their 5x. And then we're going to move down one more one more category of hand to like their high card type hands and then mm-hmm. try to fold out their A size and king eyes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I'm I went I think I went 30, but um yeah, I like going anywhere from like 30 to 50 as well. Nice. So you bet a you bet 30 or a third and they end up folding the river. Um final board was 10 10 8 5 4. John had the queen jack. Uh villain fold out folded out ace high, so that's pretty nice. Guess don't need to invest the extra 20% or I didn't need to in this case. I don't know. I mean, we're probably thinking about ourselves on the button a lot, and I don't think either of us would ever fold ace queen facing a third on the river here. So I sort of understand the I probably I understand wouldn't. like why I, we might feel like we need to I wouldn't fold ace queen facing probably a bigger <laughs> size than a third, but that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. Um all right, so next hand before the break, you open sixes in the cutoff, the scary, spooky cutoff, uh, the small blind three bets, and you call. Flop is queen jack four. Um, so you have third pair, fill in checks, pretty comfy check behind. Mm-hmm. Turn is a deuce, fill in checks again. I would say another pretty comfy check behind. How how are you feeling now as like, you know, the first check I'm a fan of, right? I'm like, nice, nice. That's good. I'm I'm glad we get to see the turn. The second check, <laughs> do you start getting this feeling of like, I'm starting to feel like I don't have the best hand very often anymore or like, or how, how does the check make you feel like this? It makes me feel fine. I think they're going to have enough like ace five, ace three, ace king, ace 10. Ace king. Like, yeah. They're ace high region. Like I just... That's I'm fine. I'm fine battling their their ace high region and definitely don't want an ace or a king on the river or a ten. Yep. And the river's a king, so that's not great. But they check. They check again, so they triple check. Um, probably no ace ten. Probably no ace king. Probably no king jack. Yeah. Um, in this case, I would bet the river and target their like tens, nines, ace jack type hands. Jack ten, um, yeah. jack ten, like their single pair, third third pair type hand category, and um, I would probably go pretty big. I think just maybe two x, one fifty, mm. quite quite big. Nice. We're thinking along the same lines here. <laughs> Or just five five X jam. Um, Just I really wanted to make sure they fold out their jack tens and ace jacks and pocket tens and whatever all that stuff. But yeah, I agree with you. I think like again, just doing like a little bit of range analysis, like with the types of hand on the types of hands that the small blind gets to uh, get to the river. With I think like a lot of their um, you know like we said, a lot of their ace tens or ace kings or king jacks are expected to you know maybe start bluffing, but at least value bet the river for sure. Once this is the river. all the hands that are better than that probably start uh, betting at betting some point earlier. Um, so the types of hands that um, the small blind is left with is going to be like the hands that are too strong to bluff, but too weak to value bet. So like the Jack X's immediately come to mind hands like pocket tens, nines, eights that, that all three bet pre uh, from the small blind facing a cutoff open. Those come to mind. Uh, yeah. I'm just hoping that that, that range is big enough and, 
if I'm lucky, like that's the only range that the small blind gets to the river with. And so hopefully we can just fold out. I don't know. I don't know how much, but like almost all of their entire range when they get to the river like this with a, with the jam on the river, or maybe even just like a two X. Yeah. I think I'm right there with you. Um, I, I wonder like if even hands like King Jack and Ace Jack are even in their range. Like, I think those hands can bet the turn at some frequency. Like I think Ace, Ace Jack is probably going to bet the turn smallish at some, some frequency. So like, I, I don't even know like how many like Ace Jack they have. Like if I, if I were to like guess an exact hand that villain has, I would guess like nines. Um, that would be my, my guess. Um, take a peek. Yeah, villain folds exactly nines. Boy, you know? how'd you know it wasn't tens? I don't know. I just I got a sense for these things. <laughs> just, just know. I just I just know. I, I can't I can't I can't describe the gift. It's just a gift. Um. <laughs> so yeah, John Jam. They folded nines. I promise. I, I haven't looked at. Didn't look at it. Um. No, I know you didn't. That's why I'm. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I have a sixth sense for these kind of things. Um. All right. So after the break. We're going to look at a couple more hands where John's in the cutoff. And I can't remember what he said was the the thread of this episode, but I'm just going to say hands from the cutoff, tails from the cutoff coming back at you after the break. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Free Flop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. In a world where a fish dog bets the flop, and you don't know what to do, one man Coach Brad Wilson. has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Nuffle. Rated R. 100 NL player, former Sergeant Elijah Shears. Before I got Nuffle, I had run into a lot of dock bets. And I think once you play a certain amount of hands, you know there's something wrong with our opponent's strategies, but you don't know how to play to maximize CP against it. And it's very frustrating. I looked at the document and I couldn't believe that I paid money for it. I actually doubted that it could provide value because it was so brief. But since then, it's repaid me just over and over and over again. And it's one of the most consistent moneymakers built into my strategy that sheds light on just how bad your opponents are. And it took me 20 minutes to perfect it. And it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm speechless. It's just that good. The simplicity of it is part of it being a masterpiece. <laughs> Nuffle. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash courses. 
All right, welcome back to the spooky themed episode where I guess villains exact whole card. See, we we found the Halloween thread. We found this the spookiness. Um, it's a dead zone. Type yeah, you get two more tries. That's the that's the good thing too. We 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 can actually test this gift out to see. Uh -oh. if, uh, uh, I don't I don't know. It it's 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 kind of finicky. You know, it it's, <laughs> it's hit or miss. Um, I get tired. You know, if I over overdo it, I need to take a nap and to recharge the. Yeah, gotta gotta recharge the the future, future looking. Um, let's look at this hand that that we got queued up here. So I'll, I'll give we you another chance. This is this is another oh, yeah. spooky spooky opportunity <clears throat> for you to get this We've action called stakes. right. Yeah, five ten. I'm in the cutoff. Eight of clubs. Eight of hearts. Open to $25, get three bet by the small blind to 105. Not going to be folding, not going to be four betting. Let's when see a flop. When you say it like that, it seems so clear. So 997, rainbow. A lot of cards that look like an eight, but aren't an eight, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, thankfully, though, we face a very small size. We face $60 into 220, so even less than a third. Uh, really happy to continue here with eights. Got lots of. Even if we don't have the best hand now, um, which we, or which I expect to have at pretty decent frequency, we got lots of good stuff that can happen on the turn and in the river. Fortunately, this is not one of them. Turns four of diamonds four. on the turn. Yeah, well, it could be worse. Could be yeah. worse. Uh, Three forty in the pot. Dylan's got eight thirty-five. John's got him covered. Um, expectation here before they take an action. Mm, I think once they start out with like a. Uh, small bet on the flop. Could see lots of things happening on this turn. Could see anything from like two thirds to three quarters. Could see check. Um, I guess like the one thing that I wouldn't expect to see on this turn is another small bet. Um, so yeah, would expect to see some larger sizes or some checking now. What's big to you? Uh, two thirds plus, maybe like fifty percent plus. Yeah, I was gonna say I would expect fifty if they bet. Um, they bet 50%. Uh, you again, just pretty much have a no brainer call here with your, your eights, mm -hmm. um, nine, nine, seven, four, no flush draw. John has eights river is the five of clubs. Um, Dylan checks. What does he have, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh bet bet check um i mean in general i think after big betting the turn they're essentially polarizing so what hands would make sense like jack high would make sense jack 10 would make some sense um hmm Five six would make some sense, I guess. Yeah, I guess five six might make some sense. Uh, so like low pair. <clears throat> the only argument I would have against that is that like most regs are not three betting six five suited from the small blind facing cutoff open. Yeah, most of them are not. Um, you think their value would jam like for the most part, right? Yeah, you don't have a ton of like. Uh, like I would, I would think they're they're stronger hands jam. You don't have a ton of um, bluffs on this run out. 
I don't think like you, you don't have a ton of like hands that just like, Oh, I, now I'm just going to like put a bunch of money in, um, on yeah. the five, because like, say you, you call the flop with the five, six, and then you turn an open ender and you're going to call the turn two. your river five, five's probably not going to bet the river. Like, you know, just your seven, seven, eight, your pocket eights, your pocket sixes, none of those hands bet the river. Um, all of your boats are going to jam facing a check. So like, I, I don't think that I, I, w- I would be very shocked if they had an overpair, I guess. That, that That's like the first part of this. Like if they have a better hand, I, I would be really surprised if they have a better hand. Um, and so, you know, I guess like, I, I guess a place that I land is like probably just Jack 10, um, which would be the hand that, that makes some sense. I don't really think like ace, king, ace, queen, high makes a lot of sense, but some sort of like trashy high card hand that gives up on the five, maybe? I don't know. Jack Jack 10 probably just is the one that makes the most sense to me. Okay, so like, you think that the range here is just like, it's just all give ups. There's no bluff catchers in this range. There's no, there's no, there are no traps. There, well, there are very few so. traps. There are very few bluff catchers, basically, yeah. Yeah, like their bluff catcher would have to be like, I don't know, like ace king high, but then like, does should ace king high just like go bet bet and then not jam the river? You would think that like those hands have a lot of incentive to just jam the river. So like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they have a ton of bluff catchers. I don't think they have a ton of top end value. So I think they have a ton of give ups, um, which, you know, if I say that out loud, I think probably the thing to do would be to bet small on the river facing river check in this spot. Just try to induce some sort of check raise or some sort of spaz from a range that we think is almost all air. Or maybe get a call from ace king high or it's ace high. queen high if they randomly have that or they have like the five six or the ace five like yeah, those, that, yeah. that could all be pretty reasonable yep let's go that's what i do let's go ahead and bet really really small on the river nice. trying to mostly just trying to do spaz. i didn't i did not give them credit for like the 5x range and sort of regret that because once you look at his hand so they call and villain has the ace five diamonds um which is a hand that makes a lot of sense. Uh, nice, well done. That's a, that's actually a pretty pretty cool value bet that that you found there on the river. Um, yeah, really nice when they check. Really nice when they go bet bet check. I I was actually a little bit dis- disappointed that I didn't go bigger or that I didn't think of like their five x in the range because like in game I remember this spot and I was just thinking like oh they're just giving up I need to I need to induce somehow let me go small with my eights and then call it off mm-hmm. and then I got called by like the five x pretty quickly when you know obviously my size they're just never folding to the five x and I was just sort of like you know I was just like oh like maybe I should like you know consider going bigger like maybe they're maybe like they're not giving up on the river as much as I think they are and like a lot of their range that goes bet bet check here is just going to be the hands that river a pair or something like that. Right. And like, I should, I don't know, felt like it might be something that I, sh- I, I should or could have read into a little bit more and felt like I left a little bit of value on the table, but maybe against like this exact hand, that makes sense. But I, I think yeah, by yeah. and large, the bulk of their range is made up of like queen jacks, jack tens, king queens that just like yeah. go bet bet and then don't fire the third bullet. So like, to me, I think the, I think that like holistically betting small for induction is probably going to outperform targeting specifically a five with a bigger size like that. Yeah, that would yeah. be my, sure. My guess. Yeah. I guess the, like, just to like wrap it up, but like the thing that I was worried about is that their checking range on the river is like all five X, you know, or like very, very heavy five X region. Right. And like those Jack tens and the queen jacks, maybe they just, maybe they just triple it off. Right. And 
the thing that causes them to slow down is like when they when they catch a little bit of showdown value. But anyways, yeah, I, I agree that like it's I don't know how I would differentiate that in game and like maybe that wouldn't even move the needle for me in a range that like still does have a lot of air in it. Um mm-hmm. it's hard to know. Like we yeah, can't it's hard to know. we can't track this player down and ask him what their plan was on the river if they didn't make a pair, you know? That's yeah. that's always the problem. We 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 never know what villain strategy actually is. Um and I, I actually, this may be controversial to the listener, but I think in a lot of cases, villains don't even know what their strategy is until the situation happens and they're in this situation, and then they they find out like, oh yeah, okay, like, I guess I guess my plan is to like check whatever here, or jam or what you know, like it just poker is such a big game that I think a lot of times, no matter how much you know, you still get in interesting spots that are unexpected that you've got to like figure out your strategy on the fly. And I think that's just a part of poker that will, you know, always exist as long as humans are playing against humans. Um, all right. So final hand, the grand finale in this Halloween spooktacular, John opens fours from the cutoff. Terrifying. The button three bets, John, yeah, even more terrifying. John summons <laughs> up his courage and decides to call here at what is likely a hundred and four percent frequency. Mon four, and Ugh. fours are cold. Flop is king ten three with a king ten of clubs, one ninety five in the pot. Button has thirteen hundred. John has nine hundred. So John's the effective stack with nine hundred ten dollars. He checks. Button checks behind. Okay. Turns a jack. That's probably not very good for you at all, considering you most likely four bet most of your ace queen. So you check. Villain decides, you know what? I'm just going to keep checking. Um, so essentially, like kind of like ace ten, nine ten. I think those those hands are the ones that like make start making a lot of sense here. I think once again, like their king x probably bets this turn because like I I think. Villain's King X should bet this turn because they don't get check raised at like almost any frequency just due to the ace queen distribution here. So like, I think villain should bet their King X. They probably should bet their ace Jack as well and plan on like maybe checking back on the river after betting the turn with their ace Jack, something like that. Um, so yeah, their hands that are actually pairs probably going to be like ace 10, nine, 10, and then the nines, eight, seven type range. Uh, you check back. Um, Rivers, the ace of spades, and now I think villain is absolutely crushed. I like this, this four liner going to be hard for them to have a queen. Um, I think Queens, like if, if, if I think that ace Jack's going to bet the turn, I think Queens are going to bet the turn as well. Um, queen, queen Jack maybe is the one that queen 10 is like the one that, that you got to be afraid of, but I mean, doesn't matter because like you have so many queen x compared to villain that it just you're, you're basically mashing them now and they're gonna have like two pair but good luck uh so it, it it's gonna boil down to sizing here the the board for the podcast listener the flop was king 10 three turn jack river ace so ace king jack 10 a queen makes a straight there's no flush available um i don't know probably two x on the river something like that some sort of over bet yeah make it obvious that my value range here is a queen and 
your ace jack or whatever is not gonna is not gonna beat any of my value. Nah, they have they have pocket eights here. I don't even. Yeah. I don't, I don't pocket even, eights. Yeah. Oh, that that's that's right. the, that's the one. That Get I, another chance. Oh, uh, I don't even go two x. I, I recharged my soothsaying abilities. Um, villain folded. Oh, are they fully recharged? Oh, I had one eight. <laughs> they were halfway recharged. I I thought it was fully, but it was only half. Can see the second card. Yeah. I I couldn't. Um, Dylan had eight ten of spades, so bottom pair, which I think is going to make up the the bulk of their turn check range to go along with like the the pocket pairs. Um, and yeah, maybe you don't need to invent make the extra investment of like two x. Um, just betting pot is going to be good enough. But yeah, this is good hand to end on. Well played, good recognition, all the things. That's it. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Get your candy scanned so that you don't need any razors. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community. Book a coaching session or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast. Are you a lone wolf searching for the ultimate pack? The CPG Wolf Program is a close-knit brotherhood hell-bent on one thing only, chasing poker greatness. Powered by bleeding-edge wolf strats and led by Coach Brad and his lieutenants, CPG Wolves are systematically prepared for almost any spot they'll encounter on the green felt. If you want to plug into an elite team and have a step-by-step game plan to realize your full poker potential, you can apply at cpgwolves.com. Space is limited, and the pack is only as strong as its weakest member. So only the hungriest, grittiest, and most driven will be accepted into the program. Applications are open at cpgwolves.com.